welcome to Ladies Talking Leafs. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. And welcome to our final Patty Season episode. We're recording on the final weekend of the summer. Yes, it's been a great summer, and for the first time in quite a while, uh, we are recording in person from the shores of Georgian Bay. Yes, it took us a little while to get set up here, but we're we're set up and ready and, and going. So as much as mm-hmm. it's great to be by the lake, I think mostly fans, including us, are ready for the season to get going. Have to say it's been pretty quiet in Leafland for August and halfway into September. And that's why it's exciting that training camp is starting this week and the Leafs uh, play their first preseason game on Saturday versus the Sens. Yeah, and that's actually going to be kind of a unique thing that they've never done. It's going to be a split squad doubleheader. Uh, They're going to play a game at 1 p.m. and then a second game at 7 p.m. So... That's something they've never really done before, so that should be interesting. Yeah, yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be fun for. So you can buy a ticket for one game and then stick around and have another game. <laughs> that's right, the whole team. Uh, <laughs> uh, and a couple of quick notes uh, before we get into the show as well. Um, the Leafs TV schedule also came out, and they are going to be on the American networks uh, ten times this season uh, on ESPN and TNT, and uh, the most. In the most maybe than any other season, I don't. I I hardly recall them being, you know, um, that yeah. profiled or having uh, that many games yeah. on the American channels uh, perfor- before. So, why do you think <laughs> that is, Chris? Well, because Austin Matthews is basic. He's, Obviously, yes, that's. I mean, you you don't have to go any further than that because he's basically, he's the MVP, the Hart Trophy winner um, in the NHL last season. And yeah, the American TV viewers watching the NHL should want to see the best player obviously play. So, so yeah, so that's, uh, that's basically it is what I. Yeah. They need to, they need to showcase him and And that's probably the best way to do it. It's going to be interesting to see what the panel's, uh, say now they're gonna have to talk about about the Leafs a little bit more. I don't know if they're gonna like yeah. that, but anyway, Biz Nasty will. Yeah, that's yeah, for he's sure. A fan. He's a fan <laughs> of Austin. Yeah, yep. and the Leafs. Anyway, a couple of a couple of games to note on the American networks uh, are towards the end of the season in March, uh, March twenty third in Tampa, and March fifteenth uh, versus Colorado. So uh, mark those on your calendars. Yeah. Yeah, they should be good games. They're also playing, they have a game, I think it's in February with Chicago, like an original six matchup, but Chicago is obviously mm-hmm. in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes along with the Habs. So <laughs> a couple of mm-hmm. original six teams there going, that are going to be tanking basically this season. So, but uh, right. yeah, so on the subject of TV, I f- we forgot to mention, uh, uh, I guess in our last episode, how we heard uh, that. And Leafs TV announced that there was it was going off the air. So I actually like Leafs TV, and I don't know. It first got going 21 years ago, and I had the subscription not for all 21 years, but uh, for mm-hmm. most of it. I liked it when they used to have, like, when they I, maybe it's because the I don't know if the rules changed or something, but when Bob McGill and um, Danielle Emanuel and I think there was one other person that used to join them in the stands, and they used to watch the practices. Like before, oh, and they used yeah. to have it on mm-hmm. TV, and they used to give their thoughts. They used to see the different combinations, what they were doing during practice. I thought that was interesting, but then they got rid of that the last, at least, well, obviously during the 
last couple of years with the pandemic. And then before that, though, I think it had to been at least a couple of years. But even this, um, like this tournament now is going on in Traverse City, like that's something that they could have put on there. That normally they do. And we would have been, we would have had an opportunity to watch yeah. it um, on there. And now it's yeah. it's you know you kind of have to find some kind of sketchy yeah. streaming site to to take that in yeah. on. But I mean, um, and I liked like I watched the old games as well. I enjoyed that. Like not the like not all the time, obviously, but whatever during the summer when there's no hockey, and I used to watch the '93 playoffs again and relive that. That was uh, on the good games, not in the uh, in the final series there versus LA, but. Um, yeah, I'm going to miss that. Yeah, definitely. Well, I just, I wonder if the fact, like, I know that it used to get wrapped up into, you know, some of the cable subscriptions. And now that, you know, it's going very much towards streaming um, these days uh, with, you know, even TSN and Sportsnet having their own dedicated streaming sites as well. Um, I just wonder if if it just, it, it just wasn't cost effective anymore for them to be able to run it. And maybe they didn't want to go that route, but they have promised that, you know, despite the fact that they have canceled this, that they are going to, you know, offer more content and more ways for fans to be able to um, see, see content. So um, I'm not sure what that's going to look like, or if they're going to just add more to their actual um, app, their team app. Right. Um, and site, uh, but we'll see what comes down the, the pipeline for that. Yeah. Anyway, another quick note uh, we wanted to mention is a media release that the NHL put out outlining the growth of women in various hockey roles, and it is quite impressive and extens- extensive. I can't spit that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Um, I guess more. In the article, it said that there's been more than 100 or there is more than 100 women now working in various areas of the NHL hockey operations, player scouting and development, player health and safety and analysis roles. So one thing I thought that was interesting and the article did talk about it and that I think women can actually participate like sooner than later, basically, is the officiating. Um, mm-hmm. so, cause there's quite a few officials now that are going to be re- retiring in the next year or so. And, um, I guess the one, uh, woman that we mentioned before in last season, the beginning of last season was Katie Gay. And she actually did, she's a, um, an AHL official, um, last, last season, she officiated in, in that league for the whole season. That was her first full season. So obviously they have to, they have to have some I guess experience in the in the lower levels a little bit, but she's worked her her way up to the AHL. So I'm I'm really hoping that's the area that I'm hoping that the uh, to see like a woman a woman come into into the into the NHL as an official. Yeah, and well, that's you know that's the where they graduate from the AHL. So yeah. she could very well be the one who's the pioneer for that. But they they do say in this article that more than forty five female participants have been invited to the NHL exposure combine uh, for officiating. So that's actually a pretty substantial number and a huge increase. So um, it looks like it's uh, it's looking good that way. But definitely. Uh, that is the one area where we're not really seeing representation on the ice yeah. uh, yet. Yeah. So hopefully that's something that will come soon. 
Anyway, we've included um, that article in our show notes, and that's going to be available on all the apps uh, wherever you listen to our show. Yeah. And also just a reminder to enter our anniversary contest on Instagram. It's our th- uh, it's our th- third birthday or anniversary and um, of the show. Our handle is at LTL1917 and look for our anniversary post, which has all the details on how to enter and you could win some great leaf items and a Tim Hortons gift card. Deadline to enter is September 30th. So there's still quite a bit of time to enter. So be sure to check, check that out. Mm-hmm. And now it's time to get into the show proper, starting with our training camp preview. Uh, what we're going to be watching as camp gets going. Uh, then we're going to be running our Ladies Talking Leaf Summer Highlight Reel with our highlights from the summer of 2022. You may seem like there wasn't much, but we did <laughs> find some things to highlight. So, um, And in our third period segment, we're going to talk about the coaching carousel in the NHL as a lot of coaches have changed teams. So without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. Okay, so we're going to start off the Leaf update with the training camp preview. And before we get into it, though, we just want to mention, I guess, within the past couple of weeks, the Leafs signed uh, Zach Aston Reese to a PTO. And um, yeah, it's just another option for the fourth line as it creates even more competition. There's quite a few players that we got uh, that are going to be at camp, um, which is it's something to watch for there at training camp. So um, yeah, the players that are fighting for a spot on the fourth line, maybe the third line, depending, um, are Nicholas Obey-Kubel, Adam Gaudet, Joey Anderson, Nick Abruzese. Hopefully, I, I, I described that well or said that well. It's, I think it's pretty yeah. close. Alex Steves, Wayne Simmons, and Kyle Clifford. And those last mm-hmm. two are really going to be up for a challenge, I think. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Um, I'm not sure what you know, they're going to be able to bring if they're, I think they're going to definitely use them in, in spots. Um, I think Sheldon Keefe knows what he has in them and he's going to know when is the right time to insert them. Um, the other thing that, you know, I, I did read a little bit about is that there's, there's a captain, uh, C vacancy in, on the Marlies and Kyle Clifford could be a really good fit there for that. You know, as a veteran, uh, somebody that both Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas trust. Um, so potentially there's a fit there. Yeah. 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 That's good. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and then with Simmons, I think, I don't know. He, he, they might try and clear him to have him go through waivers to, to send him down. It just depends really on all these, um, like all these other, I think, Obey Kubel has the best chance of making it, definitely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that you know he. There are some some articles that I've read where he's he's somewhat a lock. Yeah, uh, for a spot. Yeah. It's the other the younger guys that are going for that that one yeah. others one or two other spots that um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. I know Alex Steves. Uh, he's been pre- playing pretty well at this tournament that we're going to get into in Traverse City mm-hmm. in Michigan. Um, and and both he and Nick Robertson are, are both saying, like, you know, this is their time now to, like, 
like to get into the into the NHL to make the big club. Yeah. But um, yeah, but then there's Joey Anderson too, right? Who's been yeah. with the Marlies for quite some time and yeah, he's definitely on on the bubble for sure. Um yeah. to be uh, making the team and like Dubas said at the end of the season, he wants to see some some players from their AHL team make a push in training camp to earn a spot. I mean, so, it's pretty well guaranteed. Like they're going to lose somebody of these players through waivers. For right? sure. And, and, but I, I honestly, and I think I've said this before that they actually count on that. And I think part of their pickups yeah. are designed that way yeah. so that they've got fodder for the rate waiver wire. Right. You know? Um, well, yeah, because they're still but, with the cap, they're still over the cap. And right now they have yeah. 48 out of the 50 maximum contract signed. So they're definitely going to have to get like Dubas, like they obviously need more flexibility than that going, especially going into mm-hmm. the, um, like a trade deadline. You need a few extra openings there for, and we're coming, everyone, by all accounts, are coming into the season healthy this yes. year, which ha- that hasn't been the case the last two seasons, really. Yeah. Like, we've had some injuries to start the season, which gives them a little bit of wiggle, wiggle room, yeah. right? And this year, that's not the case. I mean, that's a good thing. That means everybody's coming in like 100%, yeah. uh, which is what you want to see, right? Especially as a coach, that's what I'd want to see, because that's really how you can, you know, have the most clear-cut decisions, right? Um, You know exactly what you're getting. Uh, But (laughs) cap-wise, it doesn't really help them, right? So, um, But out of these players that we've mentioned, or if there's somebody else, who do you think is going to, like, make a big impression of these, like, bottom six or fourth-line candidates? Who are you looking to say that is... is Well, I I think that, that, you know... But again, this is like an interesting scenario based on what we just said with the cap, considering this person is on does is coming in without a contract. But uh, Zach Aston Reese, like I've I've heard him mentioned a lot, yeah. like even uh, even before the off season, like as as somebody to pick up at the trade deadline. Um, you know, he his name comes up a lot as the type of player that they could be looking for. He's defensively minded. He's you know, aggressive on the forecheck. He's he's able to play with physicality, kill penalties. You know, he's he's the type of player that they're really looking for. So uh, I think he's definitely somebody to watch. Yeah, because he's uh, he's 28 years old. He's a right winger, and so he's kind of got a little bit. He's a little bit more on the veteran yeah. side. He played with Pittsburgh for quite a while. Yeah, so he split um, last season. I guess, uh, yeah, he was signed with Pittsburgh yeah, he went and then he went um, mm-hmm. for a couple of seasons in Pittsburgh and then uh, and then went to Anaheim. So, yeah, yeah. I'm st- yeah, he played there for five and a half seasons. In Pittsburgh? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, so, yeah, I think he's, I mean, definitely a lot of people are high on him. Maybe it's because it's kind of funny. It's like we're spending so much time on the fourth line going into training camp. Um, mm-hmm. which, uh, whenever normally is not the case with the Leafs, we, but I guess that means that we're like a lot of people have been saying we have a lot of forward depth. So we gotta, yeah, we gotta, we, well, this kind of competition is really good because that basically means that you're going to be taking the cream of the crop that's there. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's, that's what they want, you know, that that's what we need because that bottom six 
did not cut it in the playoffs oh, for sure. last year. Yeah, it's it's so, an identity. They didn't have an identity. 100%. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. So we we need that. So I'm just curious, though, as to whether or not, like, who do you think is going to be uh, center for that fourth line, though? Yeah, I don't know. Alec- because there's been talk of, like, like Kempf moving down to that line and making that fourth line, you know, giving them a lot more ice time than they've been getting in the past and making it like a true defensive juggernaut. No, I don't think, I think he's going to stick on the third line with him. I I'm, I mean, that's what I, I think that's where I'd like to see him. Yeah. But I just yeah wondered what you thought of that. Yeah. Talk. No, I like, I like Kempf on the, on the third line. I think mm-hmm. he's more built to have a few more minutes um and and he's like on that defensive side like the checking style i think mm-hmm. he's he's better for that um godet is a center right adam godet i think he is uh, uh, i think so we, we'll both look that hurry so we'll look it up <laughs> while i'm talking here cuz i'm th- i'm thinking that he might like a lot of people are are high on him as well um so if because I believe what I heard was having a fourth line of Owe Kubel and um, Adam Godet at, at center, and then having like one of the young guys like Alex Alex Steves on the on the wing. Even those, yeah, he is a center. Yeah, okay, because right shot yeah, or um, Steves or like ha- giving one of the young guys a shot on the like on the fourth line, um, mm-hmm. whether it be Steves or the, the Abruzzese. Yeah, um, that's what I was. That's what I was hearing, and they said, but I don't know. And then they said, like to mix in Wayne Simmons, like basically to yes, keep every once every in once in a while, right? To just keep him because I think that the the times to put him in are where you need you need to see something more from the club. Yeah, you know, like where they when they're kind of going in the doldrums a little bit, and you need somebody to make an impact. Yeah, because Simmers uh, like. He's a leader, right? Like he's in, like he's 100%. definitely. That's really what what he's. He here has for. the qualities of more than anything. Uh, yeah, he has those qualities. And, he's great in the dressing room, from what we've heard, and um, mm-hmm. and like likable person. Just keeps the energy going in the room. So mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It all starts. It's coming up in uh, either Wednesday or Thursday. We never know the for sure date, but the twenty. 20- whether it be the 20, 21st or 22nd of uh, September. I, I don't know why they do this. They don't actually officially say it anymore. They used to have like the official date of the opening of camp, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So. so a couple of these players are in Traverse City for the Leafs Prospect Tournament, uh, which they have organized with the Dallas Stars, St. Louis Blues, Columbus Blue Jackets, and the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Nick Abruzzese, Alex Steves is there, are there and... As is uh, Nick Robertson. Yeah. So from what we've heard, I, I think we've kind of got like a, you know, 50-50 record. Uh, we won big first game, lost a uh, big second game, t- uh, lost in overtime third game. That is just today because we're recording on on the Sunday. Um, yeah, we lost to the Blue yeah. Jackets today. And then the last game is... Uh, Against Detroit. against Detroit, yeah. So uh, tomorrow on Monday, but um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's funny because Robertson is there for. Uh, I think I believe this is the second time he's uh, he's there as the most experienced NHL player to suit up at 
for the Leafs at the rookie tournament. This is a rookie tournament that they have with the other NHL teams. So, yeah, I don't. This is I don't know if this is the last chance for Robertson, like to try and like. No, I don't know. I don't know. It's no. no? He's only twenty one. Well. He it's just I guess it's just the injury issues with him, but um, he for played, sure that's a huge setback. Yeah. Plus COVID t- and all of that uh, shutdowns and everything. I think that a lot of these guys that you know are drafted around the same time as him are going to take a little longer to make make their jump. Plus, it's a juggernaut. It's not like it's an easy lineup to crack. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah. But you know. Um, Last year, I looked up just the stats for Robertson. He actually did have like a point at, point a game player. Basically, he only played twenty eight games with the Marlies, but he had sixteen goals and twenty eight points in in the the twenty eight games. So, yeah. And the thing with him is though that I did take note is he Robertson is eligible to be sent down with not having to go through waivers. Mm-hmm. So that's something that may not work well for him it works well with the club but it may be like those Sent. paper transactions that they do every once in a while yeah you just yeah to save money on yeah. the cap or yeah. actually for sure i for sure but you know what that is actually a good way for him to you know be getting some experience and then still building confidence and developing in the ahl as well so yeah we could see a year like that for him for sure yeah and the he did score a goal in uh, that first game yeah. against, uh, uh, who did we play first? Um, oh, uh, Dallas. Yeah. Dallas. Yeah, we yeah. lost to St. Louis. And then, uh, yeah, and then we lost today in overtime to Columbus. But, um, but yeah, so that's one thing, I guess, that with the waivers for him. And then um, I guess what it was interesting, Manny Malhotra, which is another interesting thing, he, because he was, Malhotra is our assistant coach with the Leafs, but he was given the assignment to actually coach the rookie tournament. So um, that's something huge for him too. He's uh, he's excited to do that, and it's a progression for him for for his coaching career. But he said for Robertson, what he needs to do is to apply the systems and be in the right place at the right time and make plays he's expected to make. I thought that was kind of interesting for for as a yeah. statement to say be in the right place at the right time. Well, that to me that sounds like he needs to be using his head right a little bit more. But he seems to want to do everything so fast that I just like we were saying before, you know, even Haley Wickenheiser in a different way was saying he needs needs to take a little bit off of his game because he hustles a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, but he probably needs to take a moment and think a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Think, think the game a little bit, uh, slow it down a yeah. little bit. And, and like, not so much that he's overthinking no. things. Obviously you don't want that. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's a fast sport, especially faster now than ever. Um, but you ha- being able to, to think quickly um, and make those plays is is going to be paramount. But that just, just tells me, though, that maybe he needs more development. So being spending some time in the AHL this season is not going to hurt him in that regard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know for sure. And probably smart for them to put Malhotra there because then he can see firsthand and bring that back to the coaching staff on the big club. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's you know right. I mean? Yeah. Like during the season from like he can they can use that experience definitely from mm-hmm. Alotra to as to say if they need to bring somebody up or 
or, or that type of thing that um, this experience for, from him will be really useful for Sheldon Keefe. Yeah, and then just a couple of notes, I guess, that uh, from the tournament that I've noticed from reading on Twitter and, and some articles, I guess a couple of players that have kind of stood out. Um, one one uh, kid is Pavel Gogolov or Gog- Gogolev. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully, I butchered that. Gogolev. Gogolev, thank Probably you. Gogolev. Uh, he's uh, he seems to be making a good impression. Anyways, in the first few games, he has a goal and an assist um, in both the two games. I don't think he got any points today. He actually he started with the Marlies last year, but then was sent down to the Growlers in the ECHL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, re- I remember his name. It sounded familiar. Yeah. So, but apparently, he's been showing like good energy, puck possession. Uh, and then he's got a couple of points, so so that's good. Um, and then the other uh, kid is uh, Alex Steves, and he has points mm-hmm. in all three games. He scored a goal today versus Columbus. So, um, and both that doesn't surprise yeah. me. I remember even last year um, at the development camp, uh, Haley Wickenheiser talked really highly of him, and yeah. that he's just he's got a really good high- hockey IQ and a lot of hustle and he's a really hard worker. Yeah. And I think so. he plays well with, uh, with Robertson. I think he played with Robertson mm-hmm. uh, a little bit like in, like with the Marlies. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they had a pretty good connection there, but they're both those two players out of everything that I've seen. It's like Alex Steves and Nick Robertson. They really, they're really going to try and like push to make the club. They really want to, they want to get in there. So we'll hopefully one of them, I think Robertson will definitely. I think mm-hmm. he will get there. I think this is, I mean, he, uh, Alex Steves, he's only, let's say, been around about uh, a season or two seasons. So, um, whereas Robertson's been around a little bit longer. So, I just think it's 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 Robertson's time, but he just needs to, I guess, grab it and, and go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I agree. Yeah, so... Next thing, uh, well, the prospect tournament ends on Monday tomorrow uh, with the final game versus the Wings. And then it's on to the Leafs training camp, which I mentioned earlier. It's either on the 21st or the 22nd. Um, if it's on the 21st, that's the day we release in this podcast. So, yeah, lots of excitement and on that day. And other than the competition for the bottom six, the main thing most fans will be watching is the goaltending. <laughs> yep. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So this is so. quite the interesting thing. Um, it's funny. I was talking to a, a, a colleague of mine and um, she actually lives in Washington. So she knew she's and she's a hockey fan. I found out she's a hockey fan. She likes the Capitals and she knew quite a bit about Ilya Simsanoff. Um, and she actually said that she said he's a very likable guy too. like in the room, like everybody like liked him and um when he's what she said was when he's good he's really good when he's bad he's really bad (laughs) so and i think that's what what most of the reports on him were through the media as well but he's only again we've said this before he's only 25 um but then the other thing i thought of that i read um in in researching the goaltending a bit is that he's Obviously, not going to be any worse than Peter Mrazek. So, <laughs> no, that's you true. Think of it because you got to think Matt Murray is going to be the number one. Okay, right. So, 
I think actually that was the downfall last season is that Jack Campbell, like he, like to have, he never had, again, it's the same thing that Freddie went put up with too. You never had the backup, the quality backup to kind of have that consistency in the goaltending. When, when, when the number one guy needed the, or that tandem type of thing, when they, when one guy needed the break, the other guy was able to pick it up. But we just have never found, Kyle Dubas has never found the pairing yet. Hopefully, knock on wood, this this pairing will be the one. Um, as I knock on the wood here. <laughs> Hopefully, this pairing will will work out. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I just think too, uh, I read something interesting. Curtis Samford, who's our new goaltending coach, he actually played in Russia in the KHL. So he yeah, played three. Yeah, he played three seasons in the KHL. So he knows the Russian style of hockey uh, and goaltending, um, mm-hmm. and the systems that they play in front of the Russian goaltenders. He knows them pretty well just from having that experience. I thought that was interesting too. I didn't know that. Um, so you got to think because I mean, obviously, just having a new goaltending coach isn't going to miraculously make this um, no. this pairing. Uh, a success sort of thing, right? Because, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know, but the there's a lot of negativity, let's just say, going into it, and myself included. I mean, I I don't know how it's going to, how it's going to go with, I just want, with Matt Murray, he just needs to be healthy. And, um, and then there's just that consistency that they have to build between the, between the two goalies. Yeah, I agree. And, and hopefully they can become a good team. Um, one thing I like is that Samsonov, he's on a one-year deal. It's very much a, a show-me deal. And that's what he wants to show so that he can really show what he can do. Um, with that, that means that when he's when he comes into the into the net, um, every game he's going to be trying to prove something. So that's yeah. probably not a bad thing. Yeah. The good um, thing with him too is that. Like he, when playing with the Capitals, he's, uh, he's used to the offensive style. Like the Capitals have similar style yes. to us, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and the one thing I think that the fact that things have been so quiet over the summer, um, you know, Murray hasn't been, you know, demonized <laughs> <laughs> like super heavily. I mean, like obviously there's been negativity around the goaltending throughout the summer, but it's, it's sort of been kind of, you know, a little bit uh, quiet and there hasn't been a lot of media attention yeah. uh, towards covering them or talking to them or, you know what I yeah. mean? So it's, uh, it's <laughs> going to be gonna, interesting and that, that might be a good yeah, that's thing. That's going to be changing coming Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> Very soon. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All bets are off after yeah. that. But yeah. uh but leading up, it they've been given, both of them, plenty of rope to get their heads in the right place, yeah. uh, practice, do what they need to do to prepare without having a cloud over them, you know, yeah. daily. Yeah. Up to this point. Yeah. So so yeah, so it's uh I mean that's Basically, I think it's going to be the main focus uh, is the is the goaltending, um, and then of course there's the whole Rasmus Sandin uh, contract thing. Yes, that, that's the other cloud. Yeah, but uh, we've talked about that. Well, you know what? Yeah, and it, it's 
it benefits the least for him to not show up. So it's it's totally in his court. Yeah. If he wants to play, he has to sign. That's it. Yeah. Because it's good it, it's good for the Leafs for him to not be here this year. Bottom line. For the bottom line, actually. <laughs> yeah, and this is actually... So, bad for him, though. The signing, like this um, signing with Murray and Samsonov, like they're both short signings, which it's it's kind of similar like the way you were saying with all those fourth line players. Like Kyle Dubas has set it up well that way um, mm-hmm. to not be tied in too long to this... Uh, to this pairing. <laughs> but no, and the other part part of the equation for for all of these players is that they have to constantly perform because if they don't, they're not getting another contract with us and they won't get another contract elsewhere or at least not for what they would want. Yeah. So it's it's in everyone's best interest to, you know, for these players to do their best all the time because they're they've got a very short window. Yeah. So, but uh, we're just happy that the camp is finally going to be starting because uh, it's it's mm-hmm. been a quiet summer for the Leafs. And um, but we've still managed to pick out a few highlights from this summer of 2022. So let's roll the Ladies Talking Leafs summer highlight reel. Coming in at number three, the 2022 Leaf draftees. Always a big moment when you get drafted by an NHL team, and that's why it's included as a highlight for this summer. The Leafs' first two picks were Fraser Minton and Nicholas Moldenhauer, a right winger who was chosen in the third round, and he happens to be from Mississauga. Yeah, yeah I saw that, that he's from uh, from Mississauga. Actually, Fraser Minton's making a good impression in the Traverse City tournament, totally. too. Yeah. He even he even dropped the gloves. Yeah, yeah so he has some... <laughs> in the second game. ...feistiness into him. But yeah, no, having... Mm. Um, like the draft is always something special for, for all the families and, and the the kids. I mean, they're only 18, but they're, they're getting drafted for the first time to make their dream of, of getting to the NHL. So, um, so yeah, that's definitely our number, number three, uh, or worthy of being number three in our, uh, highlight reel of the summer. Mm-hmm. Number two, we put as meeting some great Leaf fans during the summer. I actually had a couple of experiences this this uh, for this one, and um, which is why mostly I wanted to have it included. There's been a couple of people, mostly up north here by the uh, shores of Georgian Bay, <laughs> that I've mm-hmm. met. Um, it's definitely leaf country yes, up here, yeah, and uh, they um, every time you, I'm obviously I wear my leaf gear quite a bit during the summer all year long, and um, anytime I. With with I have if I have the baseball cap on t shirt, there's always somebody mentioning like, you know, oh like go leaves go. And this one girl was saying to me that worked in one of the local shops here. She's like, her husband's a huge leaf fan, and he has like the like a a lampshade that's all maple leaves or something. And he has this whole like man cave or sports cave. They watch the game down there all the time. And so I told her about our podcast and then she's like, Oh my God, that's so exciting. So it's just great to to get that interaction with leaf fans during the summer. And then another person that I met um, again, I was wearing my leaf gear and I went into the store and I actually had bought that shirt from that store. So she had recognized it and she's like, Oh my God. She's like, that's the shirt that's here. I said, yeah. I said, it looks good, doesn't it, right? And I said, but everything with leaves looks good, right? So, but um, And then again, we got on the topic of the podcast and, and um, 
because and she's like oh i could just tell she's like it must be great because you show such passion and all this right and i was like mm-hmm. well i said i don't know tune in find out i said right i said we we love mm-hmm. the leaves both me and sill so i said uh so yeah it's just meeting meeting fans like that it's it's great uh during the summer it keeps us keeps us going absolutely all right so in the number 1 spot it's a tie between us the ladies <laughs> of ladies talking leaves And we're so proud and happy that we uh, were joining the Believe Network. And tied with us, of course, is Austin Matthews, who won the Hart Trophy as league MVP, the Rocket Richard Trophy, and the Ted Lindsay Award as the league's best player. So, yeah, I think we're in good company there with Austin. What do you think, Chris? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we were debating it a little bit if we should be tied with Austin, but then we thought, no, it's... Joining the Believe Network, it's uh, it's it's something huge for us from when we started in 2019. Yeah. Like to, it's just a two woman show, still is with just us learning uh, how to how to get our voices to you. Um, and of course, it's all thanks to you that you guys listen to us. So um, yeah, so that's that was our our number one uh, highlight of the of the summer. And um, yeah, it's uh, Austin Matthews. I mean, what can you say about him? I just hope. The only thing I really hoping opening night that the Leafs do something for him, because I don't, oh, yeah, I sure. don't think that that um, it was kind of a low key. I don't even know why it was low key, but at the like when they did the awards presentation, like it wasn't because mm-hmm. it was done during the during the Stanley yeah, Cup final. They did it during the finals. Yeah, and yeah. it just wasn't it just wasn't enough for me to like no. to say to honor what he did last season, scoring the sixty goals and and just having a phenomenal season so yeah for sure the fans will want to have a chance to celebrate him absolutely all right well the next season is fast approaching and of course we're gonna see austin up to his old tricks hopefully and i can't wait to see what he does (laughs) another person you might have some new tricks (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And, and and other people that we're going to be keeping an eye on, obviously, the rest of his teammates, but we're also going to be, you know, seeing what Sheldon Keefe is going to be doing. And with that, we're going to move on to our third period segment where we're going to talk a little bit about coaching. And yeah. gosh, there's been a lot of changes this year. So, yeah. so we're going to be going around the league and uh, discuss the NHL coaching carousel because... Like Sil said, there's been a lot of changes behind the bench. Um, ten teams will have new will have a new bench boss, basically. So I don't know. It's hard to keep track of all this, but um, okay. So I'm going to start off with the first five. So Florida, we mentioned actually Paul Maurice in our last show. Uh, he's gone to Florida with the Panthers. Boston has Jim Montgomery. Uh, Chicago has Luke Richardson. Dallas has Pete DeBoer, and Detroit has Derek Lalonde. All right, I'm going to take the the last bunch. And New York Islanders uh, signed uh, Lane Lambert, who uh, is going to be replacing Barry Trotz. Uh, Philadelphia as John Tortorella. So he's getting another shot. <laughs> uh, San Jose uh, hired David Quinn. Vegas uh, took uh, Boston's cast off in Bruce Cassidy. And Winnipeg has hired Rick Bonus. So, yeah. I mean, out of those, I guess there's only the two, um, the two in Detroit and the Islanders that are, let's just say, not, f- not really familiar names. Um, but mm-hmm. my interest was, of course, John Tortorella, because it's, 
it's kind of funny. It's good for the league to have him in, in it because he just he's he's great TV after the game like to make you laugh. But I had a good laugh when I read Cam Atkinson, who's a former player of his uh, that from Columbus, who's now on Philadelphia, and it's like Torter. Oh yes. my God! So he gets it yes. again. <laughs> but apparently, that's hilarious. Yeah, apparently, he so he had Tortorella for six uh, six years in Columbus. He played there, and um, mm. <laughs> apparently, Tortorella before the start of camp, he sends every player a handwritten letter before camp, telling them. But this is why <laughs> you know, like he gets a bad rap in the media, but his players love but him. He tell because he does these but things. The thing is, he's he tells them in this letter he tells them what is going to happen at the camp and mm-hmm. he threatens them <laughs> oh okay so i take yeah. that back <laughs> oh I, but it's a personal touch <laughs> gotta give him yeah. that i i don't know the guy yeah exactly he has his own personal <laughs> flair of doing things but uh and it makes yeah. me laugh but yeah i mean uh the other I guess, coach, you mentioned like um, Bruce Cassidy going to to Vegas. Mm-hmm. I mean, that it's interesting in Vegas how many coaches they've been through and they've only been it's I think it's every year I basically know. that they've they've uh, changed the coach. But um, but like you said, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, like their owner, like really, really wants to win. Yeah. And he's got a really short fuse apparently and not very patient so but i mean they've had um, vegas has had um like the like the injuries the the man games lost to injury i guess like they were like one or two especially last year yeah yeah so i don't know terrible like like that obviously has to have an influence like it's not really the coach's fault and then now going into this season like they're not going to have robin leonard as the goaltending like they're i don't even know who they have for goal for a goalie like they're gonna really be um and (laughs) we know as leaf fans we just talked about the whole goaltending uh scenario for us um you got to have that solid goaltending in order to get anywhere so um that's an interesting and bruce Cassidy. i mean he had so much success in boston I don't know. I was shocked that they that they got rid of him, but um, yeah. yeah. And then uh, and then we were looking up with Sill. We were looking up before the show um, with Winnipeg. It was interesting there because like now Blake Wheeler um, is no longer the captain there, and then they go. They're going to go with this uh, group of players, I guess, as leaders and um, a leadership group instead of a one captain. And then Rick Bonus is the is the new head coach there taking over from, um, I believe it was, it was Adam Lowry, wasn't it? The, uh, I didn't look that up. I should have looked it up before we came on, but he, he ended after Paul Maurice left, uh, Lowry. I thought it was Dave, Dave Lowry. Lowry. Adam Lowry is a player, maybe a current player, but <laughs> I always get them mixed up. But, um, anyhow, so he didn't, he didn't get the job obviously to come back to, to have the, mm-hmm. And, and well, I guess because after Maurice left, um, you know, there's fair amount of turmoil on the team, um, probably behind the scenes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, le- which obviously left to some of, of the fallout with the captaincy as well. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's why they wanted somebody a little more experienced uh, to help address that. Um, but it, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if bonus is you know gonna i don't know if he's gonna be yeah you know have anything new to bring 
that will make a big enough difference. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he's been in the league forever. Like we were talking about it. He actually, when we were looking up and researching him, he actually was an assistant coach for uh, Winnipeg in their previous incarnation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so in, in the, in the eighties. So um, yeah, no, there's lots of, I mean, there's lots of question being, marks there because yes, like that Pierre-Luc Dubois, it sounds like he doesn't want to be yeah. there after like, he's not. Right. doing anything to say that he's going to want to stick around after this season. And and then Mark Shifley as to the comments he made at the end of last year, too. Yeah, he seems to have kind of be singing a little bit of a different tune uh, yeah. now. I guess, you know, he's trying to say the right things. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. They definitely needed to do something because they were big time moving in the wrong direction last year. Yeah. Um, because they are a talented team. And I think this might, this coaching move might be a good thing because I, I think they want to have some of their younger, uh, you know, emerging stars. Uh, they want them to have more of a voice and have, you know, some, some leadership on the, on the team and as, as to, you know, the direction that the team goes. Yeah. And then finally, cause there's too many to go through here, but I just want to mention the mm-hmm. change in Detroit with uh, Derek Lalonde. I mean, Stevie Y obviously. Yes. That's an interesting. Yeah. One. Like he, um, you kind of knew Jeff Blaschel was going to be <laughs> like out basically as the coach. He's, he was, uh, he sounded so much like Mike Babcock. He was under Mike Babcock mm-hmm. in Detroit, but um, it, yeah, but he was also a, a Holland hire, yes, right? Yeah, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. So with him, he, I think like he has the connection. Derek Lalonde had the connection through Tampa, and and when uh, when Stevie Y was there, so he he basically grabbed him. Um, and yeah, and Detroit has a really young up and coming team. So that's uh, and. I think they're going to do better than what a lot of people are saying this year. So it'll be uh, interesting to see that. And yeah, I mean, Sheldon Keefe is definitely going to have to like, basically that's the whole tactics thing that we were talking about um, with the coaches. Like you got to know who's behind the bench to know like what your next move is too uh, on the ice with Mm -hmm. the players on the ice. So, so uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because that's part of the thinking and, and there's, you know, like you said, there are some new blood. So some research to be done there as well as to, you know, what the tendencies are yeah. for a lot of these c- new coaches. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think it's all about adaptability in, in the game right now. And you have to be able to be making changes and, um, you know, going with the flow of the game so yeah um, yeah it's just funny yeah. we have to normally we just have to keep track of players changing teams but now this year yeah yeah now you gotta this keep year we the coaches also team. have to remind ourselves about who's behind the bench um for, yes. for each team so yeah we'll we'll see well we've still got about three weeks before the drop of the puck on uh the 2022-23 season And we'll be back in a couple of weeks to talk about what's gone on at camp. But before we go, uh, just another reminder to enter our anniversary contest on Instagram. The deadline is September 30th, and you could win a great prize of some Leaf gear and a Tim Hortons gift card. Yeah, and also be sure to follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is at LTL1917. And a reminder 
to leave us uh, a review or rating and let us know what you think of the show. Uh, It's easy on Apple, Spotify, and it's important for our show to get more exposure as a source for Leafed content. And we thank you for taking the time. And another way to help us out is by visiting our Ko-fi page at ko-fi.com. You can follow us there. And if you choose to, you can support us by buying us a coffee. Any donation goes towards helping us produce the show and making it even better for you. And you can find the link to our Ko-fi page on our show notes or any of our social media profile pages. We actually have a few yes. couple of new followers yeah. in the last month. So thank you to, to you for joining us there. And we will try to keep things fresh and add new content for you throughout the season. Yeah, there's lots of, uh, for those of you that haven't visited yet, we have like a photo gallery there of, of uh, mm-hmm. all different things going back to our our time at uh, games at Maple Leaf Garden. So definitely check it out. And mm-hmm. yes, we'd also want to thank, definitely want to thank you to our healthcare workers and first responders for everything that they do. So thank you so much for listening. And until next time, go Leafs, go! go. Leafs, go. Do you believe?